Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. I am Cat Wonders, and this is episode 24. It is October 1st, which makes me so happy. October brings so much joy into my life, and I just thought that I would share that with you. I am already dressed up. <laughs> I know last week I also wore a very vintage style wig. This is probably my favorite. It is kind of a strawberry blonde 1950s-esque wig, if you're listening. Keep in mind, if you are listening to this podcast, I do have a video version on YouTube. So if you wanna see my wig, my cute outfit, and all of the aesthetic glory, then go to my YouTube channel and uh, have more fun. <laughs> I'm definitely a visual person. Like if I can watch a podcast and listen to it at the same time, I will absolutely do that. It's kind of rare that I listen to a podcast on Spotify, unless it's something I really want to learn or something that I really want to listen to without having the video version streaming at the same time. So I can kind of look over and reference, you know, what they're talking about or because so often if there is a video podcast, uh, there's things going on that you want to be able to see. You can hear them going on, but it's not the same as being able to see it. So <laughs> that's why I put so much effort into the aesthetics of this podcast, just because I know the majority of you are going to be watching this on YouTube. So just FYI. So this is episode 24, almost a quarter of a hundred. <laughs> and if I do a podcast every Friday, which is the plan, I did skip one Friday so far, I'll get to 52 podcasts a year. Well, 51 this year, unless I do like some bonus ones or something like that. But so exciting. I uh, did struggle a little bit with topics for today, just because I focused a little bit more on some extra little segments. Uh, so when it comes to like figuring out topics, it was a little harder for me to... <laughs> to kind of focus and have things to talk about that don't have to do with Halloween, okay? <laughs> I will be checking my teeth often. This red lipstick is definitely not transfer proof. I keep feeling like I've got like red teeth here, but I think so, it's just in my head so far. So this cute little dress is from Sugar Thrills, if you hadn't guessed. Uh, it came with like a little pink slip underneath, but I just think that this is nicer. <laughs> the pink slip was cute, but it just kind of like cut off too much and I wanted to go a little more sexy. So I've got my sunshine yellow bra on underneath this pink mesh and I just love it. I guess what am, what am I dressed up as? I am kind of like, I don't know, like a little pinup girl from the 50s. When it comes to the bottom half, I'm just wearing underwear <laughs> under this. And it, it as really doesn't match my outfit at all. So anyway, you're not gonna see it. It's under the table. Half the time I'm not wearing pants. Maybe you didn't know that, but it's true. So today I have a very special concoctail for you. It is called a Black Magic Margarita. However, I don't have any tequila and I thought that I did, but we had friends over a few weekends ago and I finally remembered that we finished all of it. I uh, was doing tequila shots and that was like the big bottle of Hornitos that I used on the podcast that's all gone. So rather than run to town, I do have some peach vodka that I'm going to use in the place of the tequila. It will still be delicious, but here are the ingredients. A third lime juice. So I've got my fake lime here. 
it's a long squirt. Two ounces of tequila, which I'm replacing with peach vodka. One ounce of triple sec. And I'm gonna add some things to kind of make it magical, but let's just get straight into it. Got my little pumpkin buddy here. My light stand that doesn't have a light anymore, but good news, I ordered two new ones so we can choose which one works best for my drinks. I've got one with more of like a wooden base, which may have a bit of a brighter light. And I've got another one of these coming, but it's more of like a diamond cut looking base. So, and the thing is the cord will also work in this, so we can decide when the time comes. Um, all right, so we have our absolute peach. I mean, it is kind of appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think that this cocktail will match my outfit today. It's actually gonna be like a dark green. And I'll tell you why. Uh, okay, triple sec. Some silver sprinkles. Food coloring. My little cauldron glass. A purple straw this time. Purple and green are definitely on the Halloween color spectrum. My martini shaker. Okay, I wanna know, is it weird to make every single cocktail in a martini shaker? Because I think that that's been happening every episode <laughs> where I just put everything in, shake it up, but then it gets nice and cold and it comes out mixed and uh, I'm all about that life. And of course my lime and I brought a few other things. This is shimmer dust. Now, because this is gonna be a dark colored cocktail, I think it will be, I've never made this before. I think you'll really be able to see the pearlescent shimmer dust. Now, I wanna rim this glass with sprinkles. I don't, <laughs> okay, you know when you rim a glass and you use an actual lime to dip it into the salt or whatever you're rimming your glass with. I don't have the lime to rub on the edge, so I'm gonna pour it onto this. <laughs> I'm gonna pour it onto this plate and then I'm gonna dip it and then I'm gonna pour sprinkles on another plate and then I'm gonna dip that to rim it. I made margaritas one time. <laughs> Actually, was I even making them? I don't remember, but anyway, I had the idea to like salt the rims at the end of making the cocktail, <laughs> which doesn't work, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna make the same mistake twice. So let me just get this going here. So I got a couple plates. Can you see them? One is going to have lime juice just to kind of coat the edge. It is a little wasteful, but I could pour it in because the cocktail calls for lime, so I can pour it in after. So actually I'm gonna make it a little deep. Okay. And then on the other plate, I'm going to add these massive sugar sprinkles. Sugar, water, carnauba wax, titanium dioxide, artificial colors. Wow, so I will die in the next few years, but that's okay. I poured lime juice on this plate and little spots of something are showing up. I don't know if it's from the lime or if it's actually activating something that was like on the plate. It's all right. It's our first Halloween podcast. Let's get crazy. Let's get weird. All right. How are my teeth? <laughs> so here we go. First, lime, then sugar. It kind of worked. Whether they're going to stick or not, I don't know. Uh, the rest of this lime juice I'm going to pour in there. I will add more lime juice because I'm a limey bitch. <laughs> so have a look. Okay, we got that out of the way. I'm going to add a bit more lime to my mixer. Actually, I'm gonna take some ice out for my actual drink. Two, three. It's not easy gripping onto half melted ice and long fingernails. It really isn't. 
Oh, and by the way, um, this wig did come with some bobby pins and I'm leaving them in because it keeps the shape and I hope it doesn't bother you. I don't know if I was supposed to take them out, but I think I'd be worried that my hairdo would not make it. So keep it in. Okay, so I got some ice in there. I'm gonna add some more lime. It's supposed to be two ounces of tequila, but I'm gonna do two ounces of vodka, peach vodka. One, two. My free pour here, uh, one ounce of triple sec. So this recipe calls for some green food coloring. Man, this is like trying to open a pack of cigarettes. Green food coloring. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then I'm gonna add some shimmer dust. This is edible, so don't worry, food grade. I'm gonna just do like that much to see. isn't full. Ooh, can you see it? It almost looks like a witch's cauldron. So typically when I make these drinks, I magically get the exact amount, but I didn't this time. And I'm glad because if I did, it'd just be straight booze. And as this melts down, I will be adding more and more water to it. All right, and I've got my purple straw, which I think goes really well with the green and very, very Halloween-ish, Halloween-y <laughs> with my little pumpkin. Let's give this a shot. Well, it's boozy and I'm gonna have to take it slow. It's pretty much just pure, <laughs> pure alcohol with some lime juice and some shimmer dust. So this could get a little crazy, but you know what? I think that that's what you're here for, aren't you? <laughs> All right, for those of you listening, I just made a very vibrant green cocktail because I added uh, food coloring. I'm glad that I don't taste the food coloring. You know, sometimes when you have something with a lot of red food coloring or green, you can taste the food coloring like crazy and I hate that. That's why I use gel food coloring when I make cookies and things like that for icing because this way it doesn't taste like total crap. Let me light my candle, dark rum and oak candle. And you know what? Can you see? Can you see my kitty and <laughs> my candle? This actually takes batteries and lights up. And I feel like a bit of a douchebag for not doing it. Because wouldn't that just add a little something extra? I think it would. I'll be right back. I really don't know if that was worth it at all. Can you see any light in there? This is, <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> I thought it'd be a lot brighter, but it's just a little kind of dim orange light in there. Did it do anything at all? I don't know. I do like this. The color of this drink, I'm really liking it. You know how I like to make like tropical looking cocktails? <laughs> cocktails. This is right up there color wise and uh, the little sugar bits are, they're falling into my drink and adding little brown spots. So it is a Halloween cocktail. The creepier it is, the better. All right, so now that that's over with and I'm half pissed after two sips, let's get into this podcast. Let's talk about my week. I uh, am, preparing for my high tier on Patreon, which entails over 25 videos for a special high tier that I like to call 25 days of super sexy Halloween costumes. And it's 
a ton of work, but it's so much fun. If you go to my Patreon page, you'll find more information there, but you get a total of, well, an unknown total, depending on how many bonus videos I throw together. Uh, every day you wake up to a brand new, super sexy try-on costume, costume try-on. <laughs> Where every day you get to go on Patreon and you get a password and you get that day's video. The costumes that I have are, let me just say, this is the best Halloween high tier I've ever done. These costumes are very specifically designed to be extra sexy and uh, I have a few costumes from a different like few different websites it's just so exciting I line up all my costumes I'm gonna try on that day because they don't do them every single day I kind of batch film when I film for high tiers just because I have like over 45 videos to film <laughs> for October and there aren't enough days in the month and just looking at them like in the stand it just gives me goosebumps because I am a bit of a costume whore. <laughs> I love to dress up and get into character and that's exactly what I do for this high tier. So super fun, super entertaining and why not celebrate October with me? You know what I'm saying? Halloween used to be fun when we were kids but it doesn't have to end. The whole month of October we can have fun together. So that starts October 5th and runs through to the 31st. And there will be more information on my Patreon page, which is linked down below. Uh, and I'm assuming that the information is up by now, October 1st. So just FYI. <laughs> um, and if you have questions and you can't find information at this point, which I don't see why you wouldn't, I'm pretty sure I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> then you could just message me as well. So I got these, I kind of want to open them with you. I haven't opened these yet. These are from, I ordered these, these weren't sent to me. But these are like little kinky, little kinky accessories that I wanted to kind of unbox for you guys. Um, it's better and better every sip. My October high tier, I will be using accessories, shoes, stockings, S&M accessories. You've probably all seen my little hanging S&M section over there. That's gonna be busted out for sure. Oh, check it out. So this brand is called Regalia and uh, Look at this little paddle. I love the fact that it's gold. I can see exactly what will, it will go good with. Here, let me show you. This kind of thing, so this is a top, and which I could actually wear over this dress, but I mean, I'm just gonna hang this right on there for later. So that's one. This here, nice. These are my new gold handcuffs, but they're leather cuffs. So they're not uh, like a typical police handcuff. I got little hands and little wrists, so hopefully they'll tighten up good. Yep, sturdy, stable, and I could wear these around my ankles too, so. <laughs> and then this, oh yeah, these are my leather bunny ears. They're made so, so well. And I like to kind of accessorize, like especially for Patreon, majorly accessorize. Should I try them on? Okay. It's a lot of effort to choose shoes, stockings, accessories, but for my Patreon high tier, that's just what I like to do. Should I keep these on? Maybe I will. Actually, they're a little tight and you can't even see the top half of my head anyway, so I'll just put those back for now. <laughs> So that's exciting. I actually learned a trick and this was an old Marilyn Monroe classic trick that I've seen done a few times, but I actually decided to give it a shot this time. Marilyn Monroe used to use Vaseline as a primer, a makeup primer. 
It sounds like a nightmare to me because I have naturally oily skin, which means I put makeup on 20 minutes later, my oils start to kind of pull through the makeup and you can see I have like more of a shininess to my skin. The thought of Vaseline <laughs> under my makeup seemed a little nightmarish and um, I thought, okay, well, I watched a few people talk about it and one girl had oily skin as well and uh, she said that it didn't really seem to affect her that much. And I have to agree, this is the third time that I've tried this. What the Vaseline really does, so primers, if you don't know what primer is, makeup primer is, it's the base for your makeup. So in the same way that you prime a canvas, you can prime your face. And essentially it's supposed to help just keep your makeup put, like keep it in place, make it stick a bit better and and so on and so forth. And when I first put this Vaseline on, it definitely made my skin tacky. And it's a moisture barrier, so it does, even though it's like a petroleum product and probably the worst thing for your system, but I think that at this point I've got my edges glued down, I've got chemical makeup on my face and everything. So it was kind of a little bit, it's not so bad when you're kind of already knee deep in garbage. <laughs> It definitely makes my makeup appear more natural. So it sort of hydrates my foundation and uh, makes it go on nicer and makes it look more natural. Bonus, bonus, bonus. But it doesn't really do much for like oil control. So they do, my oil still does come out. And I'm kind of glad that it does because I was worried. I was like, if I'm putting this vapor barrier on my skin, is it gonna like hold everything in and then clog my pores? <laughs> because yeah, like I said, it's supposed to hold moisture in, but it doesn't and it worked good and so far, it's my, my third time wearing it under makeup. How much lipstick do I have on my teeth right now? Let's see. None! Woohoo! It's funny, I have a few different red lipsticks and if they're more of an orange tone, they tend, don't look at my makeup case, my freaking concealer exploded and that's what's going on. Certain tones of red make my teeth look totally yellow. Certain tones don't. So like more of a cherry red, I think will make my teeth look a bit whiter. An orangier red, not so great for the, how did I get on that tangent? Good and bad omens. Okay, so I think, and I don't know what triggered this good omen for me. I think it was actually like a combination of things. I saw a white feather fall from the sky out of nowhere. Could have flown off a bird, could have flown off a tree, I don't know. But it was almost like a little angel wing feather that came down and let me know that everything was gonna be okay. Now, I personally believe in the afterlife, I believe that we move on to another place and not necessarily heaven, like the pearly gates open up, but I think that our spirits don't just disappear into nothingness. You know, you have guardian angels. This has been around for a long time. Spirit guides, whatever you name it. I definitely get little signs from the universe, from God, whatever you want to call it. I, I tend to use the, the word universe and kind of encompass everything. God, angels, spirits, whatever. When I say the universe, I sort of mean all of the above. The universe has looked after me quite well and has guided me. And I just feel comfort in knowing that whatever will be is meant to be. So I could get way more in depth about that. I have a hair in my nostril right now, and I don't know if it's... Is it for my makeup brush? Is it hair growing out of my nose? I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever discovered a hair on yourself and you're like, how long has that been growing there? <laughs> it's like six inches long. Uh, I think that that's only happened to me one time on my arm and it was a hair that I have because I have long arm hair. I don't know if it's just a genetic thing or if I should trim it, I don't know. But because I have blonde hair, you can't really notice it until of course different lights hit it. But Gosh, I'm sure it's happened to all of us where we find a rogue hair somewhere 
and you're like, it's been growing for a long time. And you just, for like 10 years, you never knew it was there. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of disgusting, but hey, we're all human beings. I'm not pretending to be something that I'm not, okay? <laughs> but anyway, good omens, bad omens. I think naturally with the progression of my life and seeing white feathers and, and how they are very significant to things that are positive, that are going to happen, that have happened, a little acknowledgement about how, you know, I'm doing a good job or I'm doing what I should do, or, you know, it's kind of like a little, it's a little thumbs up from the universe. In the same way, black feathers tend to be bad omens. <laughs> I don't know if the white feather thing came from my mom or like how, how it came about. Cause I know mom feels kind of the same way and same with black feathers. It's happened to me so many times where I see, and gray feathers are actually significant too, where it's not something super ominous. It's not like something that's a death or it's sort of like just a little warning. The road will be bumpy for this short period of time or the person that you think that you are gonna have a good time with winds up that it's not what you thought. <laughs> And uh, so, I mean, for example, there was this one, and, and to be honest, it's not very often that I see like a dead raven on the side of the road where there's black feathers everywhere. And uh, that to me is like the ultimate kind of like warning. It happened one time where I was traveling on the highway with my mom. I was in the car ahead and she was behind me. We passed this raven that had been hit. And of course there were feathers everywhere. And uh, I remember seeing the car ahead of me drive through the scene and black feathers just flew everywhere. And I was like, Ooh, that's not good. Anyway, so mom and I happened to stop for lunch on the way and um, I wasn't really hungry, but she texted and she was like, oh, let's stop here. Like, I just want to grab gas and like, let's grab a bite to eat. Um, but I just wanted to like get to our destination. So I was kind of a little bit like, okay, whatever, we'll stop. And so we pull over, we have a bite to eat, but the food takes like extra long. And I'm kind of, you know, when you're, you're trying to get somewhere and then you just sweat extra hard. You're just extra impatient because you want to get a move on. It's like picking the wrong line in the grocery store. Whoa. <laughs> picking the, the wrong line in the grocery store, which I have a bad habit of doing. And you're just like, the line that you were going to take, three people have gone through already, but the person at your till is training or whatever. So um, I finally get back on the road and uh, the traffic has stopped. And I'm thinking, God damn it, if we had just gone, we would have made it through. And But I didn't really know the reason why. The traffic was stopped a lot of times accident or whatever and I was thinking okay well it was probably a good thing that we stopped then because that could have been us right we find out later that like a massive rock slide had come through the canyon and uh, like taken a few vehicles out and if we had kind of continued on our on our route uh, we would have maybe been a statistic as well and I'll never forget like telling mom after like the the raven feathers like there was a clear warning there and for whatever reason it wasn't like I didn't take it in as a problem on the highway like if I see a gray feather black feather it's not necessarily something that's going to happen that day you know it's kind of like a warning okay anyway so I uh, just reaffirmed my black feather like bad omen theory and I think it could be different things for different people I mean mine is feathers but yours could be I don't know <laughs> My brain doesn't work like that, okay? <laughs> so I just was curious if you believe in that, first of all, if you have kind of signs and warnings that you watch out for. You know what else happens to me? And I don't know what this means or what this, because it never has really come or turned into anything, but say you're at the airport and you notice somebody and it's not because you are like, oh, how attractive. They're, there's something off. Like they're either really dirty, they are talking loudly and super annoying. And you're looking at them and you're going, oh, Jesus Christ. I hope I'm not sitting next to them on the plane. And they sit next to you. <laughs> 
every freaking time. And I'm like, okay, it's funny because I am a kind person and I'm the last one to, to complain. As I get older and as I kind of learn that it's okay to complain and it's okay to return your steak because it's well done as opposed to blue rare, I think that the universe puts some of these people in my path purposely, either to learn that, hey, they might look stinky, but they're not. <laughs> um, that really loud person over there actually has something pretty cool to say. You know, uh, it's like, it comes full circle. You know, you have judgment towards people you have, but it's like, you can't judge people like that, right? And I, like I said, I'm not super judgmental in the sense that I look at something like, oh my God, I don't want anything to do with that person or like, they better not sit by me. It's just more of like a little lesson learned, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, classic saying ever, but it's so true and the universe will show you. <laughs> I know I sound like a hippie that's dressed like a 50s housewife, but it's true. <laughs> uh, all right. This October, there are five episodes of Kitty Liquor. There are five Fridays, and which is extra exciting for me because I can have so much fun just doing whatever I want with my looks. And I have so many plans and uh, I just need to find content <laughs> to talk about. Um, but I think the three segments that I'm gonna do in every episode, obviously there's gonna be kitty twisters. There's gonna be creepy cat facts. So not just regular facts, but creepy facts that maybe you didn't know or maybe you did. And then I want to read to you some really kind of, what's the word? Disturbing cr true crime stories. I almost said crew crime stories. <laughs> true crime stories where we can get a little creeped out about things that have really gone on in the world. And I am excited about this. I do have an affinity towards horror, not whores. <laughs> I may be one, but uh, just joking. Uh, horror stories, kind of spooky stories. I love this kind of stuff. It just tickles me the right way. And uh, I found a website where I can kind of read a few of them. Some of the stories are a little drawn out, but pretty to the point, so not super long. And they're not stories, they're actual true crime stories. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're not like fairy tales, they're, they're true, which I love. And I only read the first one, but I'm gonna save the rest to read with you and we can be shocked at the same time. I brought my glasses just because the writing on this particular website is quite small and I was gonna print off. Have you ever tried to clean your glasses with mesh? Does it work? No, now don't worry, these are cheapies. They came from a website that I order all my glasses from. My prescription is just a, for astigmatism, it's nothing crazy. So for those of you cringing because I'm wiping my glasses off with a tea towel, then you can shove it. Oh no. <laughs> I can't put these on with my wig. What am I gonna do? I think I can. I'm gonna just like slide it along the... <laughs> I guess I'm not wearing my glasses. That's fine. I'm gonna be so drunk by the time I pull this up, I'm not gonna be able to read anyway, so. No, I'm just joking. I am not that much of a lightweight. There has to be a way. Oh, guys, what have I done to my wig? I really can't stay. Hey baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Hey baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been so very nice. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks nice. <laughs> 
I forget the words. Anyway, uh, okay, so I'm gonna read these stories without my glasses, so bear with me. I, for some reason, have this problem, actually, like my phone dying, where I think I'm paying far too much attention to how I'm reading something than what I'm reading and I get thrown off track. So I'm gonna just let go of my inhibitions here and read this to you as if I'm reading it to myself, okay? Now these are true crime stories that I found online. It took me a long time to find a website that I could kind of like follow and would sum up a story within three or four paragraphs rather than just like try to tell the whole story. And so this is the website, the lineup, in case you wanna read these again. There are a few of them that I really don't wanna read because they're super brutal. But anyway, go to the website if you want. Maybe I'll link it down below. I'll link the website so you can go read these stories afterward and do more research if you are super interested. Because you ever have that where you listen to a story, like you hear a story on the news or you see like a brief blurb about it in a podcast and you're like, wait a minute, that sounds super interesting. You want to find it and you can't? I'm helping you by letting you know where you can find these stories. The first one I'm going to read to you is called The Icebox Murders. I'm going to read this a bit slower. I have a tendency to talk a little too fast. So let's just relax, have a sip of our cocktail and enjoy the story. In 1965, Fred and Edwina Rogers were living in Houston along with their grown son, Charles. The family mostly kept to themselves in their quiet neighborhood, especially given Charles's reclusive and antisocial behavior. In fact, many neighbors were not even aware that Charles lived at home with his parents because he left the house each day before dawn and didn't return until well after night nightfall. When a family member hadn't heard from the Rogers in several days, he called the Houston police for a welfare check on his elderly aunt and uncle. The patrolmen were unable to locate Fred and Edwina, but they noticed food sitting on the dining room table. They opened the fridge and noticed numerous packages of meat neatly stacked atop one another. Then they noticed two human heads in the vegetable bin. Additional officers arrived on the stomach turning scene and slowly removed the packages full of dismembered body parts from the fridge. The remains were that of Fred and Edwina Rogers, who would have guessed. The police deduced that Edwina had been brutally beaten and shot while Fred suffered forceful trauma to the head. His eyes had been gouged out and his genitalia removed. The couple's innards had been flushed down the toilet. Charles was nowhere to be found. Naturally, Charles was the prime suspect in this heinous crime. I almost said heinous. <laughs> this heinous crime. And however, he seems to have vanished off the face of the earth. Though the police were able to collect circumstantial pieces of evidence against him, Charles Rogers was never found. Are you Charles Rogers? <laughs> Isn't that weird to think that this person may actually be listening to this podcast? Hmm. I always seem to have like a freaking hair in my nose and I think it could just be my own. There's only one way to deal with this, guys. <laughs> just burn it off. Have you ever smelled a burning candle like an idiot? I did that recently and I'm not proud of it, but I'll admit it here to all of you. So yeah, cutting up a body into parts and packing it up in the fridge. What kind of state of mind do you have to be in to pull something like that off? Maybe just be a sociopath. You know what else is creepy? I bet that at least one of you listening to this podcast has murdered somebody. At least one of you. All right. <laughs> Now I really screwed up. I feel like I like twisted my nose hair. On to 
the next story. Dorothy Jane Scott. In early 1980, Dorothy Jane Scott began receiving threatening phone calls at work. She was the single mother of a toddler who didn't think much of, of the calls at first, until one night when the sinister voice over the phone told her to look outside. A single dead rose was lying on the windshield of her car. The stalker who had gotten a hold of her number would oscillate between professing his love for her and threatening bodily harm. Dorothy mentioned to several family members and friends that the voice over the phone sounded familiar, but she couldn't quite place who he was and she never got a chance to find out. One night at a staff meeting, Dorothy noticed one of her coworkers looked ill. She and another colleague drove the man to a nearby hospital. The doctor said he had a nasty spider bite and needed a prescription. While the other two coworkers were waiting for the prescription to be filled, Dorothy went out to the parking lot to get her car. It was the last time she was seen alive. Her coworkers testified that after she did not return, they went out to meet her in the parking lot. At that moment, they saw her car speeding away, so they assumed that there was an emergency with her son. Dorothy never returned home to her son, nor did anyone hear from her again. Four years later, her charred bones were found at a construction site. Adding another layer of mystery to the case is the fact that a set of dog bones was found right next to her remains. Though people on the internet are still discussing the case today, no one was ever convicted or held in suspicion, and the mysterious caller was never found. That's crazy. The next story is called the Chicago Tylenol Murders. So I didn't read the last one and I haven't read this one either. So this is new for both of us. The Chicago Tylenol Murders. In September of 1982, a 12-year-old girl in Chicago passed away shortly after ingesting an extra strength Tylenol. That same day, a man died in hospital after taking the same pill. Two of his family members followed. Over the course of the next few weeks, more seemingly healthy people in Chicago dropped dead. And the only thing they had in common was taking extra strength Tylenol shortly before their untimely death. As bottles were recalled by Johnson & Johnson, it was discovered that many of the extra strength Tylenol pills had been laced with potassium cyanide. Once this was made public, Johnson & Johnson issued numerous ads and warnings to customers to avoid the product. The company began working feverishly on a triple sealed package that would prevent tampering. James William Lewis of New York City contacted Johnson & Johnson claiming that he was responsible for tampering with the bottles and filling the capsules with cyanide. He demanded $1 million in exchange for him to stop. He was arrested for the crime, and although he wasn't found guilty, he was still imprisoned for extortion. Even after Johnson & Johnson fortified their Tylenol bottles against tampering, the widespread news of what had happened in Chicago prompted crimes of a similar nature all around the country. Several more people died from cyanide poison found in the over-the-counter medication. The Chicago Tylenol murders is one of the few true crimes stories to spark real change in the country. The quality control of pharmaceuticals increased tenfold, as did the security of the packaging. Although the FBI didn't have enough evidence to convict anyone of the crime, it is widely believed that James William Lewis and his wife were indeed responsible. Sickos. Like, think about that. You're just doing it just for the sake of killing somebody. You don't know who it is, care who it is. It's just, just a total evil asshole. Don't do things like that, that's bad. Okay, the next story that I'm gonna read is called The Unicorn Killer. Let's figure out what this one's about. As an adolescent, Ira Einhorn gave himself the nickname The Unicorn, the English translation of the, his German surname. Oh, the English translation of his German surname. Killer was an environmental activist and part of the anti-war movement when he murdered his ex-girlfriend, Holly Maddox. Maddox disappeared in early September 1977 after stopping by Einhorn's Philadelphia apartment to collect her things following their breakup. Several weeks after Maddox's death, police questioned her ex-boyfriend about her whereabouts, to which he stated she had disappeared on her way to the neighborhood co-op. 18 months later, after neighbors began reporting a rancid smell, police found Maddox's body 
stuffed in a trunk in Einhorn's closet. Several days before Einhorn was supposed to stand trial, he fled to Europe. As Einhorn had already been arraigned, the court was able to try, convict, and sentence him in absentia. In absentia, meaning absent, he's gone. He's missing, but he's still sentenced. So if they find him, he's a goner. Despite this fact, Einhorn managed to remain in France for 23 years, even getting married while craftily evading extradition. The US government was finally able to bring him back to the States and reconvict him in 2002. Einhorn is now serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole. 23 years. That's crazy to think like somebody's just chilling in another country and you can't get him. You know, you know where he lives. He's married, new family. I think somebody knocking on my door. I don't want to go look. <laughs> Could you imagine if I was reading true crime stories on my podcast and somebody came and murdered me? <laughs> Hold on a sec. There's nobody there, but I think that I heard somebody knocking on my door. Could be that I'm just super freaked out and hearing things. Let's just say, let's just say that's what it is. I'll read one more. This one is called Issei Segwa. I-S-S-E-I Segawa. This story starts off pretty, pretty brutal. This cannibal became a local celebrity after signing himself out of a Japanese mental institution in 1986. Issei Segawa came from a wealthy family and had exhibited cannibalistic urges from an early age, even engaging in bestiality. <laughs> at 23, he made his first attempt at eating human flesh breaking into a woman's house to cut off some of her flesh, he was caught and charged with, the, with attempted rape. Later, he would move to France to earn his PhD in literature. Does it look like I have one? <laughs> it would be then, at the age of 32, that Sagawa would kill and eat his classmate, Rene Hartevelt. He admitted to luring the 25-year-old Dutch woman to his apartment under the guise of working on poetry. He said he chose her for her beauty and health, two things he believed he lacked. After shooting her in the neck, he ate various parts of her body over the course of two days. He then attempted to dump her body, including two suitcases of her dis dismembered body parts, into a lake in the Bois de Boulogne, but was caught in the act. How stupid can you be? Dumping suitcases of her body parts into a lake. Like, what was it? 6 p.m. <laughs> you gotta do this kind of shit at 3 a.m., man. Um, after being held for two years in police custody, Sagawa was deemed legally insane in French court and was ordered to be held indefinitely in a mental health institution. After being deported to Japan, he was declared sane by Japanese psychologists and so was able to sign himself out of care. Okay, that concludes <laughs> horrific true crime stories. Now, let me know if you would like this to become kind of a regular thing, because I think it's interesting to hear these these stories and maybe it's not good to like read these stories every podcast but it's something that I'm really interested in and I'm sure there's no shortage of these stories <laughs> and just true crime in general uh, it's happening still today unfortunately but one story that I want to find a good kind of shorter version of is this Russian music box killer I'll just kind of sum it up and you've probably heard about this but I only heard about this like a year after it happened so this is like a super creepy situation but a guy who had the police called on him for some reason I'm not sure exactly what the reason was in the end but police broke into his place to kind of investigate something and they found a bunch of what looked like paper mache like life dolls in his apartment, which in turn turned out to be actual human beings that he had embalmed and basically turned into dolls. 
they discovered that some of these dolls had music boxes placed into their chests. I won't go into more detail about this story just because I do want to read it on the podcast. And if you want to hear that story, then please subscribe <laughs> to my channel. <laughs> but it's such a sick story and it's so creepy. And there's actual video footage of the police initially going through his apartment. And you can see some of these kind of paper mache-esque mummified bodies. So interesting and so just, I don't know. You can't make this shit up. Like this is kind of, I'm sure a movie will be made on this story at one point, but it's one of the, if not the creepiest, most cringiest story that I've ever heard that's true. It just will make you, like there's so much more to the story. It's, that's not even the half of it, <laughs> okay? So I will talk about it next podcast, episode 25. On a lighter note, now that I'm getting tipsy, I'm not quite tipsy yet. I can feel it trying to get hold of me. Um, is that not Halloween in a cocktail? Maybe if I had something orange in there, but anyway, <laughs> I wanna to introduce to you my new liquor brand, just joking. Oh my God, could you imagine if I was like, hey guys, guess what? <laughs> uh, I found this bottle of wine in Lethbridge. I was in Lethbridge recently. And this is a Riesling Coalatia's Wein. <laughs> white wine. It's white wine. <gasps> okay. Product of Germany. Now this is me in a bottle. In fact, okay, I go through phases liking white wine or red wine more. And I feel like, and this is probably natural for all of us who drink wine, more white wine in the summer and more red wine in the winter time. But I'm wine bidextrous, meaning I like red wine in my right hand and white wine in my left. Cause some people are like die hard, only drink red wine or they only drink white wine. I used to only drink red wine at the beginning. And then it wasn't until I had like a chilled, uh, I think a rosé in the summertime at some point somewhere and uh, I was a changed woman. And I realized that there's so much more to life than red wine. <laughs> there's white wine too, and rosé. Uh, anyway, so I'm excited to try that. And maybe one of my, see, I don't wanna cop out and just pour myself a glass of wine on one of my podcast episodes. You know what I mean? Like it's too easy, you know, unless it's a really expensive bottle of champagne or something, but then I have to finish the whole bottle and then it gets crazy and then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to talk about the importance of kissing, how you may not even realize how important kissing in a relationship is. I have been in relationships where the kissing is not very important, not really part of the whole getting down and dirty. And I think too, it's sort of an expression of like your care for someone and not necessarily like say you're committing to have sex with someone and you are getting into it, but you don't know this person. I find that there's less kissing going on because it's less intimate. It's just more about the act. I'm not saying that this has happened ever in my life, <laughs> uh, but I think that if you're in a relationship, like a long-term relationship, and you don't really kiss that, like make out with that person when you're making love, there's such a huge aspect missing your sex life. Because, I, and you know, this is just like an opinion that I have. I am someone particularly that really likes to make out when I'm making love, you know? It just gives me that much more like connection with the person and, and I get it. Like some people don't have sex for a connection. It's like, they just have sex to have sex and that's fine. But I didn't really realize how much it actually, like what it actually does for me until maybe more recently where I'm like, this is something that I need. I need to kiss. I need to really feel that connection, you know? And to me, that's how I really feel it you know, a combination of more than just kissing, obviously. <laughs> but it's something I never really thought about when I was younger. It was sort of more just like, nah. <laughs> 
You know, somebody is like, I, okay, I don't want to like give the wrong impression, but I'm just saying kissing is a, a huge part of intimacy and without it, it's like half the amount of fun for me. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just thought I would bring that up because I haven't really talked about that before. And if you ever date me in the future, then you better be a good kisser. But I think people can be coached into, and not everybody kisses the same way, but don't be afraid to tell somebody how to kiss you properly. Because I've had some makeout sessions that I'm just trying to navigate through that I don't, I don't know what's even happening. There's too much tongue, too much spit, too much like hard lip. <laughs> So don't be afraid to try, cause like there will be people that will get offended if you try to tell them how to kiss you because it's kind of personal and it's like, I know how to kiss and maybe nobody's told them that they're terrible at it. I mean, they might not even be terrible. They might just be not perfect, like a good fit for you. I mean, everybody's lip shape is different. The muscles in their lips are different and just maybe something to think about, you know? Okay, now it's time for a segment that I like to call creepy cat facts. I was just, <laughs> I was just flashing on my phone there and the next um, true crime story they're gonna read on the next podcast is called The Granny Killer. <laughs> I'm scared. Creepy cat facts. Okay, so I normally do just regular interesting facts on my podcast, but today we're doing creepy cat facts and every episode in October will be creepy cat facts. <laughs> um, don't worry, come December, it won't just be Christmas facts. Uh <laughs> I have more class than that. Okay, the first fact, I've read this before, but maybe you missed that episode or you didn't know this. Um, there are over 250,000 deaths per year due to medical error. So this was a fact that I read on one of my podcasts and I actually have repeated this a few times to certain people that had no idea and I had no idea and this is freaking insane. Okay, medical error. So you go in to have eye surgery, the doctor drops the scalpel on your eyeball and goes into your brain, you're a goner. Medical error, wrong prescriptions, given. You know, I don't mean to make jokes about that, but the truth is, is this is something that's like a quarter million people. It's funny because if you look at a statistic on the causes of death due to car accidents, you know, heart attacks, stroke, you know, there's like maybe 15 on the top of the list. Medical error beats out a lot of those, but you won't find it on, on a chart online. Maybe some, some you will, but I have never seen it. And maybe if you're shocked to hear this, this is why you've never heard it because it's not published. And you know, trust in, in government and stuff is very important. I don't want to get political here because I can get off at a tangent and you don't even want to know. <laughs> but um, this is an extremely shocking. Okay, there is a one in three chance police will never identify your killer if you're murdered in the US. So obviously statistically, like of all the murders, only a third have been solved. I guess. NPR reports criminologists estimate that at least 200,000 murderers, yeah, murderers have gone, murders. <laughs> Whoa, the extra ER there, uh, have gone unsolved since the 1960s. 200,000 since the 1960s. Is this just in like the US or? If the sun exploded right now, you wouldn't know about it for another eight minutes. Uh, the energy from the explosion would be traveling at the speed of light, which means it would take eight minutes and 20 seconds to travel from the sun to the earth. 20% of children report hearing voices. Having an imaginary friend may be a child's explanation for hearing these voices. So when you were a kid, did you hear voices? And if you were a really young kid, I don't I don't think you'd even realize there was anything off, right? Because when you're a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, Susie's talking to me again, you know, and there's no one there. <laughs> Okay, this has to do with a comment I made earlier. Thomas Hargrove, a homicide archivist, archivist, estimates that there are over 200,000, sorry, 2,000, I don't know why I said that. 
Over 2,000 serial killers at large right now. According to his records, there are over 27,000 murderers, murders that aren't even in FBI files, which makes sense. Like I said, one of you listening right now could have murdered somebody. You know who you are. There are about 40 super volcanoes around the world capable of claiming up to a billion lives. And we're about 24,000 years overdue for an eruption. So this is crazy. One super volcano in Yellowstone National Park, just north of me, has a magma chamber that could comfortably fit the entire city of Tokyo in it. So that's something I think about too, is like earthquakes, volcanoes. It's just crazy to think that at any second, they can just decide to go. I mean, I think there's people monitoring these things. So like, it's not about to explode explode for a year and nobody knows about it and then it does you know like I think there's people that are kind of on top of that but I could be wrong too okay I know this and this creeps me out because we have a lot of similar type amoeba action in Canada as well <laughs> there's a brain eating amoeba that lives in lakes and rivers of the southern United States the single-celled organism travels up the nose to the brain where it starts to break down tissues so this is kind of I know this happens in Canada as well this can happen so when you're jumping into like a lake uh, sometimes a river, depending. You can catch this. Whatever it's called, though, it doesn't say. Sudden arrhythmic death syndrome is a condition where someone seemingly healthy dies suddenly with no apparent cause of death. No cause of death can be found in about 1 in 20 cardiac deaths. Wild. Okay, so this is kind of like on topic with what I was talking about kissing. Over 80 million bacteria can be exchanged in one kiss. People who are in long-term relationships are more likely to have the same types of microbiota present in their mouths. Okay. Well, that concludes creepy cat facts. And because we're running so late, I've got one more topic, which is me learning Dutch. <laughs> so I downloaded the Babbel app. This is not sponsored by Babbel. <laughs> it should be. But I decided after recently spending some time with a bunch of Dutch friends that I just want to learn how to speak Dutch. And I know a tiny bit of German, but my heritage is Dutch. My family, like a lot of my family speaks Dutch, but I don't. And it bothers me that I can't, like, I have to sit there in a conversation and not know what the hell anybody's saying and um, I know that I'm going to be seeing a lot more of my Dutch friends and family so I thought that I would just bite the bullet and dive into Babbel. I've used Rosetta Stone before which I kind of like totally lost interest but Babbel seems to be a little bit of a better program and I paid for three months. You can do three months, six months or a year and I thought well I'll give it a shot for three months see how I like the program and then like go from there and so far so good. It's been three days of me learning and have I learned anything yet? No but I think that one one day <laughs> that part of my brain will open up and I'll be able to learn a new language. My sister speaks a bunch of languages and uh, is inspiring me every day to just learn one myself. And sometimes it doesn't take a lot. Like it's not like you have to spend hours a day, even 15, 20 minutes a day can make a big difference. And if you just commit to like from nine to nine fifteen every day to just dive into some Dutch, <laughs> then you could be like a year from now, really more ahead than you were to begin with. <laughs> I'm such a visual learner that I, it, it's harder for me to like absorb information through, like I can remember a face, but God forbid if I could remember a freaking name. You know what I mean? Like I could be introduced to somebody and immediately forget their name. Like, hi, I'm Susie. I always use that name for reference. My opa always did that. So that's, that's now my, my thing. I'm Susie. And then I'll remember her face for the rest of my life. But I, if I could remember her name, forget it. I have to associate her with somebody that I know with the same name. And then maybe that will give me a shot of remembering. What is that? <laughs> it's just me. So I think like learning a new language, it seems like it could be 
easy, but I don't know. I think it's gonna take me twice as long as the average person. I have a brain that's twice as big as the average person's because my head is so huge. So it just takes me longer to learn things, but when they're in there, they're in there. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna dive into cat fat. Oh, kitty twisters. <laughs> I wrote cat facts, but I mean kitty twisters. Now these do happen to be Halloween jokes, okay? I can't guarantee that I'm gonna find enough for five episodes worth. These are jokes that I just made up off the top of my head. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> uh, not in a million years. I can never remember a joke if my life depended on it. So here we go. This is actually like a, a cartoon joke. So I'm going to describe the photo first and then tell the joke. <laughs> Two pumpkins are sitting on a porch. One says to the other, that was so awesome. They let us hang out on the porch on Halloween and now they say there's gonna be pie. <laughs> Poor pumpkin. Some of these are kind of cheesy, but I, I laughed, okay? What does a turkey dress up as for Halloween? I don't know what, a goblin. <laughs> a nun gets into a cab, notices that the driver can't stop staring at her. So she asks him why he's staring and, and he answers, I have a question I need to ask you, but I don't want to offend you. The nun replies, my dear son, you cannot offend me. When you're as old as I am, and I've been a nun as long as I have, you've had a chance to, <laughs> to see and hear just about everything. I'm sure there's nothing you could say or ask that I would find offensive. The cab driver hesitates for a moment and then says, well, it's like this. I've always had a fantasy to have a nun perform oral sex on me. The nun replies, okay, well, let's see what we can do about that. Shall we? Uh, there are two conditions though. Firstly, you have to be single and secondly, you must be Catholic. The cab driver is very excited and says, yes, yes, I'm single and I'm Catholic too. The nun says, okay then, pull into the next alley. The cab driver does so and the nun duly goes ahead and fulfills his fantasy. They get back on the road and start diving again, driving again. <laughs> But the cab driver soon starts to cry. The nun sees this and asks him, My dear child, pray tell, why are you crying? The cab driver says, You must forgive me, sister, but I have sinned. I lied to you. I must confess that I am married and I am also Jewish. The nun laughs and says, That's okay. My name's Kevin and I'm on my way to a Halloween party. <laughs> okay, this freaking made me laugh out loud and I hope I can deliver this. Me and my girlfriend were going to a Halloween party last year and my girlfriend came down the stairs wearing nothing but boots. I asked her, what are you supposed to be? She said, puss in boots. <laughs> so I went into the kitchen, put a potato on my penis. And when I came back out, she asked me, what are you supposed to be? I said, if you can be puss in boots then I can be a dictator. <laughs> Get it? Oh my God. That actually, that is super funny. Uh, I had a big row with my wife last Halloween, meaning I think that means fight. I yelled at her, when you finally die, I'm getting you a headstone that says, here lies my wife, cold as ever. Yeah, well, she shouts back, when you die, I'm gonna get you a headstone that says, here lies my husband, stiff at last. <laughs> I almost made it through that one, didn't quite though. <laughs> this one's funny, kind of sick. Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Halloween. I guess they don't appreciate random people coming up to their door. Hmm? <laughs> What did Spartacus do to the cannibal who ate his nagging wife? Nothing. He's gladiator. <laughs> this one's so dumb, but I had to put throw it in here. I threw a ball for my dog. It's a bit extravagant, I know, but it was his birthday and he looks so great in a tuxedo. 
My friend handed me a peach. I told him I prefer pears. So he handed me another one. <laughs> what do you call a one-legged hippo? A hoppo. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. My ex-girlfriend just told me she wants us to get back together again. Man, am I sure lucky. I mean, first I win the lottery and now this? <laughs> well, that concludes Cat Facts. Well, everyone, that also concludes Kitty Liquor episode 24. I uh, had a lot of fun. I'm a little tipsy in the middle of the day. Might go take a nap. I don't know. Or I might go film some more. <laughs> um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I, of course, am starting my high tier on October 5th. So you still have a chance to go check that out. Get all the information that you need on my Patreon page. That will be linked down below in the description box. Um, I will also have some information on my OnlyFans page as well. So if you want to check that out, but I say Patreon's kind of the best spot. Uh, you can also email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, jokes, sick facts, maybe some Halloween facts. Please fill me in if you don't mind. And uh, I will link the recipe for this drink as well if you want it. It's pretty decent, but it's pretty much it's nothing too special, I'll be honest. It looks good. It's missing something. Probably tequila. Uh, and check out my Patreon page, my OnlyFans page, and uh, join me. Become one of my little wonder cats. And... Um, we have lots of fun over there. It's not just my life just isn't YouTube. It's not just my podcast and my other stuff. I do have a whole other side to me. As you saw, some examples of maybe some of the things that I share on my Patreon page. A little naughty, a little S&M. And like I said, on Patreon, it's not just my high tier. Also, I'm continuing with my regular content. So I've got a ton of weekly videos. You can actually access a hundred, like hundreds of videos on my Patreon page right away, just for five bucks a month. And then you can access more, obviously, if you up your pledge, but uh, all information is there. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed episode 24. This month is gonna be so much fun and I'm just ready to give her and um i'll be back next friday for episode 25 with a brand new look what will it be it's a mystery you must subscribe to feel the vibe of me on halloween <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you in my next video bye